Another day Another dollar Makes you wonder where your money went You can scream Folks, this is Jack Spierka with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing times, the changing world, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't dictate it, it is almost always the case during my commute between Arlington and Frisco, Texas, but not quite Frisco today. I am on my way out to Wiley to a golf course to uh, film a golf player uh, doing some instructionals today for a media product my company is going to put out. Um, so because of that, the commute's a little bit longer, but the podcast will probably be the same amount of time. Also adding to variety today, today is Thursday, September the 3rd, 2009. But if you're listening to this podcast as published, it's Friday, September 4th, because I'm recording it in advance because of this morning's uh, escapade. There was no way for me to publish yes today's show today, so I got ahead of the curve. So you're getting a show from one day in the past. Uh, but today's show is going to be cool. We're going to talk about fall gardening and getting ready for fall, which is really here now. I mean, we're into September, folks. It's fall. I know for a lot of you, you still have 90-degree days in your forecast, and it doesn't feel like fall, but it's fall. And you can feel it everywhere. This morning, I went outside and I watered the lawn because I'm leaving later, so I time to water the lawn in the morning instead of the evening. And uh, it was about 71 degrees. For Dallas, Texas, 71 degree mornings is fall. We, we've hit it. Um, it's still a bit warm to do some things, but um, it's here. And uh, if it's not here for you yet, it will be on you like a black cat in the night on a rat. It's going to come that fast. So I thought we would talk about this again. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Time to ramp things up and get ready for the fall gardening season so that you get the most out of your efforts to provide food and sustenance for your family. Before that, though, let's go into the housekeeping. Remember, Ask Clowns and Heroes is suspended indefinitely pending the outcome of a poll, and it looks like it's going to die a semi-death anyway. Do you want to vote your opinion on Ask Clowns and Heroes? Make sure you go to our forum and do that. Uh, we'll start the housekeeping there today instead of advertisers in. So make sure you join our forum. Get involved in our forum. We have the fastest growing forum in the survival, preparedness, homesteading, self-sufficiency niche on the web, without a doubt. Our growth curve is is absolutely astronomical. Um, if you look at there's some uh, there's a forum out there I won't name because I don't want to make it like a bash in them or anything because they're a great forum, great people, wonderful people. Uh, but they've been online for well over 10 years. They have 6,000 members. We've been online with our forum, I think, for about eight months now. Maybe, yeah, eight months has got to be maximum at this point. Eight months we've had a forum. We have over 3,000 members in eight or nine months. 3,000 in eight to nine months. You do the math and tell me where we're going to be at two years. You do the math and tell me where we're going to be at ten years. So get involved with this forum now. Form these relationships now so that one day when we are the number one forum online, you're an old-timer there. Make sure that you're uh, doing that as they slow down for a cop running radar. Yeah, you're protecting the working man by writing them tickets there, buddy. Thanks a lot. Anyway, so... 
that knocks out the floor. Make sure that uh, you're also supporting our advertisers, folks, please. Uh, these guys really support the show in a lot of ways. Uh, our advertisers today are ready-made resources. These guys have everything you can imagine to help your goals with the self-sufficiency and independent lifestyle. Uh, one of their best things, I think I recommend you absolutely need to avail yourself of, is their solar catalog. Uh, I know it's a catalog with a bunch of stuff you can buy, but you can learn so much with that catalog. And it is in color, huge amount of specs, in-depth, everything you could possibly want to know about setting up solar and even wind, uh, you can derive from that catalog. I really recommend you get that. The other one that uh, is a sponsor of the day today is MERS-Radios.com, MERS-Radio.com. Great way to extend your communications reach uh, for your family without going and getting certified and taking any tests. These are civilian band radios, but with a a repeater up to a 20-mile range. Really good stuff, really good guys. And we're going to have the owner of that company come on and talk to us about MERS and about other methods of communication. We're going to set that interview up soon. Uh, Last but not least, please consider joining the Member Support Brigade. You'll get exclusive content available only to members, uh, including right now about uh, 75 bucks in retail value, absolutely free, with more to come. So your contribution of $5 a month or $50 a year pays its first year back in full from day one, and uh, you'll also help to support my show. Remember, I do take sponsors, but listeners are the primary way that this show earns money. That way I stay accountable to you, not to my sponsors. I endorse my sponsors because I believe in their products and I believe in what they're doing and they pass a very rigorous test to become a sponsor. But I serve you, the audience. Please never forget that. So let's bust off into it. Let's get into what we need to be doing for fall gardens and what we need to be thinking about now and and more than thinking, what we need to be doing, folks, um, if you're going to continue, if you put a lot of, I know a lot of you guys sent me emails, pictures of your garden, stories about your gardens, first time you ever did a garden, and you might think, well, that was nice, and I had some ups, and I had some downs, and I had some successes, and I had some failures, but now it's coming to an end. It's going to get cold, sooner or later it'll freeze, the things that are surviving will die, and it's over, and I can start again next spring, but I'm going to tell you that some of the best gardening time is yet to come if you plant the right things and I'm going to tell you some of those things to plant today I'm going to tell you how to plant them and there's a lot of other things to be doing so that when spring comes again you get off to a rock star start now what I want to tell you though if you had this was your first year and you had some tough times if you lost some plants if the summer was hard uh, we had a lot of stuff go on here in Texas rain out the kazoo in the springtime way too much rain way too much cold late in the year, um, lots of problems with blight fungus on the tomatoes, lots of problems with vine borers. Fall's actually a better time for a lot of reasons. There's a lot less fungus to deal with. There's a lot less pests to deal with. The heat is not as bad. It's generally, uh, it rains enough to give your garden what it needs with a little supplemental watering, but it doesn't get that drowning constant rain that we get in the spring that makes everything wet and damp. It's an awesome time to garden if you plant the right things, the things that can, that can handle the light frost. 
and eventually even the heavy frost. And some stuff can even handle snow, believe it or not. I had broccoli handling an ice storm last year, and it actually, I think, made the broccoli better. So let's talk about that. But before we do, let's talk about something you really should be doing right now with your plants that are still producing, that are in the ground, that look like they're coming to, you know, that end of life cycle, uh, that point at which they are ready to uh, be pulled up, chopped up, composted, or just thrown on the garden bed and returned to the earth so they can provide for others. At that point, you should really be thinking about harvesting seed. And um, if you're harvesting tomato seed, you know, it's kind of a little bit of an involved process. You uh, you smash up the seed uh, pulp into a jar. You put a little cloth on top of it and tie a string on it. And you let it sit for a couple days. And a fungus forms on the top. And you pour it off and you rinse them through a collar and you dry them out. And that's how you do a lot of seeds that have a real pulp inside them. Um, Tomatoes are the big ones you have to do that with. A lot of other plants, folks, there's there's not a lot to it. Uh, you want to save pepper seeds from a pepper plant? Cut your pepper open, eat it, pull the seeds out, uh, put them on a paper plate or a screen or a piece of plywood or whatever you have, and set them out in the sun and let them dry for a day or two. Pack them up in a little Ziploc bag, label them. Please label your seeds. Your uh, jalapeno pepper seeds and your uh, Big Bertha bell pepper seeds, you will not remember which bag is which. Uh, uh, in a few months when you start pepper plants for the spring. Uh, basil, this is a good time to be harvesting basil. If you planted basil this year, you're probably noticing little stalks sticking up on them. They're all brown. they got these little uh, little cases on them, and in those cases are tiny seeds. Don't even worry about separating the seeds from the cases. Just reach down, grab the bottom of that stalk with all those little dried-up brown things on it, pull a big handful off, throw a couple handfuls into a bag, label the variety of basil that you have harvested. If you have multiple varieties, do it with all of them. Cucumbers, if you're Cucumbers are getting ready to come to end of life, and uh, mine are. Uh, I had a question about that I'll actually address in a second. Um, now's the time to pick a really big, beautiful cucumber and just let it go. Let it go way, way too long. Let it turn brown. Let it hang on the vine until it looks like a gourd. Then cut it off. Set it in the sun. Let it completely dry out until it almost seems hollow. Open it up. Pull your seeds out. Put them away. They're ready to go. That's how easy that is. But it's time to start saving seed from all the things that are getting ready to come to an end. If you grew uh, summer varieties of lettuce, uh, go ahead and let a, few, let a few plants bolt right now. Let that big stem come up the center. Let the seed heads form. Uh, you know, And then collect those seeds. And if you, you want more information on saving seeds, because today's whole show is not on just that, go to SeedSaversExchange.org. Our SeedSaversExchange, which is at SeedSavers.org. And you can look up what to do to save seeds for any plant that you could possibly want to save seeds for. But now's the time to do that. On the cucumber plants, I've said before that... Um, Right about now is when you should expect, like, expect your bounty to start coming. And for some parts of the country, that's two. And for, like, Texas, uh, it's more like the end of September when it really starts to come in heavy. And one of the plants that I included in that are cucumber plants. Uh, somebody emailed me that lives in the area and said their cucumber plants are starting to turn yellow and get wilty and kind of look like they're coming to the end. Is it time to pull them up? Well, eventually you have to make that call. Here's what you do to make a call with any plant, not just cucumbers. Um, once that 
plant looks like it's kind of done, it's kind of run its its life cycle, if there's any production left in it, you have to say, well, what would I plant in this space now? And if I do it now, how much growth time do I have? And how much more production would I get from the new plant than by leaving the old plant here for another two weeks or three weeks or four? Um, I'm not sure why cucumbers in Dallas are starting to uh, to fade already. They really should last longer uh, than it seems like they have this year. I think it has a lot to do with the squash bug problem we have had this year. And not the uh, vine borers, but the actual squash bugs, the things that look almost like an assassin bug. And their nymphs are little orange guys. They look like little tiny orange, little, almost like you're like a weird type of ant with only six, you know, uh, that's kind of what they remind you of, but with a bigger butt. Uh, if you see those little orange guys on your cucumber plants, they're probably the culprit. I've seen them on a lot of cucumbers this year. I saw them on my sunflowers. They were everywhere. And uh, a cucumber is a cucurbit, and so is a squash. So I think that they've been hitting the, the cucumber plants heavy this year because their population is up. Um, I don't know about the rest of you guys. My ladybugs just showed up. They're waging warfare on everything. But I did not have ladybugs earlier in the year, so uh, I didn't have those guys around as predators, which is a shame because they're they're murder on the, the squash nymphs when they're when they're tiny. Uh, but I think that's why. So, but if you think your production done. Go ahead, pull the plant, but put something in its place right away. We'll talk about what to put in its place here in uh, a second. But I want to ask you this. Is it time for you to, to build that greenhouse that you've been talking about forever? Right? Is it time to go put one together? You don't have to be fancy with a greenhouse. There's some plans on the forum. I'll try to find them and put them in the show notes uh, where you can build a greenhouse with uh, just some PVC pipe and uh, some plastic. And it's a pretty sizable, nice little greenhouse. And uh, I'm I'm thinking about building one this year, and since we're going to move next year, I'm thinking about instead of cementing the PVC together, use self-tapping screws so that I can completely and easily disassemble it. I'll probably just, the plastic's cheap, folks. You buy it at Home Depot or Lowe's. Uh, the painters use it to cover stuff, things like that. Um, I'll probably just throw the plastic away when it's time to move. But I want a greenhouse. My spring house got blown down by a storm last year. Uh, everything I told you about spring house when I initially got it was wrong. Uh, the the Holes broke. Uh, it just wasn't the quality product that it seemed like. It sure seemed like it was built good. So I'm probably going to build my own that way. And I, I'll tell you what, now's the time to get on that project. If you wait until it's cold outside, then you'll tell yourself not this year, next year. Um, it really is a good time to think about that. Because believe it or not, you'll be starting seeds in some parts of the country as early as December. And uh, you'll be definitely starting them as, as late as February in other parts of the country. December to February is going to come like that. It's going to be here. Christmas is going to be here like that. Thanksgiving is going to be here like that. And also, if you go ahead and put your greenhouse in now, you'll be able to do some other things that I'm going to talk about with you in just a second. But big time is you'll be able to start putting things in there now that you'll be able to shelter through the winter time. And you'll be able to keep your production up when a lot of things can't be grown in your garden beds anymore. So I want you to think about that. Just ask the question. It's time for a greenhouse. Next, um, I'll tell you what it is time to plant now. And for me, optimal planting is about two weeks from now. I'm going to probably cheat and do it in about a week. And it probably will be cool enough for me to get away with it. It is now time to plant peas and fava beans. Um, 
snow peas, snap peas, I don't care what they are. Uh, unless you're in the most northern reaches that within 60 days you're going to be under two feet of snow, uh, you can plant peas outside right now and get a second crop out of them. If you're in the south like I am, you'll be able to get a major harvest of peas. In fact, you couldn't grow peas through the summer. Now you can grow them. So consider growing whatever kind of peas you want. And if you were growing cucumbers or uh, anything up that trellis that we've talked about doing in the last year, and it's time to pull that out, well, pull it out and put peas right where you pull it out. Leave the roots in the ground. Let that stuff stay down there. That's what they call, uh, Bill Molson calls a fast carbon pathway or the roots of other plants. Remember, your plants do not grow in soil. Okay? Sounds crazy. Your plants do not grow in the soil. The roots do not grow in the soil. They grow in between the soil. That's why it's important the soil's not compacted. That's why it needs to be loose and loamy. Your roots actually find ways. They don't ever grow in, you know, they never penetrate a soil particle. They find pathways in between the soil, and then they extract from the soil with the hair roots that also grow in pathways. So when you leave the roots of an existing plant in the ground and it rots away, it's a fast pathway for the next plant. All right, so leave that stuff in the ground. Cut it off unless the plant was diseased. If it was diseased, get the root out of the ground. The disease is being harbored in the root system. So if you had a squash plant or a tomato plant that, that got real brown leaves on it, it wasn't vine borers or a pest, and you know it was a fungus. If you had your tomatoes got blight this year, get the roots out of the ground unless you live in a place where the ground freezes. If the ground's going to freeze, it'll kill it. Otherwise, get it out of the ground. Don't compost those roots. Destroy them. Burn them. Get rid of them. Because that fungus is there. You're just harboring it for next year. Right? But fava beans as well, that's another great uh, thing to plant for the winter. They can handle a lot of cold. Anything other than being buried in the snow or being down into the low 20s. Anything else. And, and sometimes they'll even handle that if you give them some rocks for reflection or some things like that. Fava beans are grown in, in Italy. Uh, they're considered a poor man's crop in the wintertime. But they make an excellent version of hummus. Those of you guys that like to, uh, to make hummus uh, and, and you're thinking chickpeas, and yeah, they work for them. That's a warm weather crop. You can make an Italian variety of hummus uh, out of your fava beans, and uh, they're very easy to grow, very hardy, and they'll give you something outside of lettuce and broccoli and stuff like that for your winter crops. So peas and fava beans, time to put those guys in the ground. The next thing I want to talk about, some of the things that you can grow that, you know, if you go out there and maybe just give them some shelter from the snow, in all but the places where the ground freezes solid, you can grow most of these right through the Christmas. And in the south, we can grow them right through into where we're, we're cutting them out of the way to plant our, our summer vegetables when that time comes. And uh, the best ones for that are lettuce, especially the there's very various varieties of lettuce. All of them are cold tolerant, uh, but a lot of them have been bred to be tolerant in the heat and go slow bolting. Uh, those varieties are not best for your summer. So look through your seed catalog. Get a rush order in on a couple varieties of lettuce. Look for the stuff that's particularly good for your winter crops. Or if you're, you know, you're local nursery and seed stores and stuff like that aren't stupid and haven't gotten 
100 of all their seeds run out and get you some. Uh, but what I found is that most of the stores around here are stupid, and they've completely gotten rid of all their seed packets because they think the gardening's over because, again, yes, they're dumbasses. All right, next is corn salad. Corn salad can handle the cold like nobody's business. It is a great, delicate little green. Uh, seeds are available from Seed Savers Exchange, from Seeds of Change, uh, from uh, Baker Creek. Uh, you name it, most of the specialty seed shops have corn salad. Even Burpee sells corn salad seed. Uh, corn salad has no corn in it. It doesn't taste like corn. It's a type of mosh. It's a little leafy green, and it's a wonderful little leafy green for salads and for uh, side dishes and things like that. Lamb's Quarters. You're going to have to go to a specialty place to get lamb's quarters. It's a wild plant. But lamb's quarters is got so much more nutrition than even like a powerhouse like spinach does. It's crazy. It's native to the United States. It's native to a lot of the northern United States. Very cold tolerant. Uh, again, unless it's completely buried in the snow and you can't get to it, you can grow it right through Christmas. Just about everywhere other than the true Arctic areas. Uh, you got to get into like zone maybe for zone three definitely before you're going to have trouble keeping it for that long as I hit the brakes and a bridge beam passes me on a curve. Man. Folks, sometimes this mobile podcasting is some dangerous stuff. Pause with me here while I hammer the Jetta Diesel and get past this idiot. All right, so where was I at? Yeah, I put my heart in my throat. Uh, lamb's quarters. Uh, spinach as well, though. Spinach, this is a time to start putting your fall spinach crops in. Uh, again, that's another thing you can keep right up till Christmas, and for most of us in the South, right through Christmas. Here's the thing about your spinach. You need to be putting some in the, some in the ground or starting some seeds for it now. You need to do it again in a month. You need to do it again in another month. You need a succession plant right up until November. If you wait past November, you're going to have a hard time getting a lot of, even if it's even if the spinach can handle it, even if you start your seeds in a greenhouse, your little plants are going to have a hard time maturing once it gets too cold and the light gets too short for the day. So get as much out of your spinach now as you can. If you grow too much and you can't use it all and you don't want to preserve it because you really prefer first spinach to be fresh, compost it. But once you get the plants established, you'll be able to just cut the outer plants and do cut and come again all through the winter. But you got to get that root system big and heavy, and you got to get that plant hardy before the major part of the winter gets here. Or even if it's warm enough, you're not going to get the growth factor that you want out of it. This is also a great time for broccoli and cauliflower. Really for broccoli. This is a badass time to plant broccoli. A lot of you guys wrote me and said you tried to grow broccoli this summer and it didn't grow well. That's because it was too hot. It's not too hot anymore. And a lot of the stores, even like Lowe's and Home Depot, right now have broccoli plants, lettuce plants, cabbage plants, Brussels sprout plants. If it's if you feel it's too late to start your own seed or you want to get at least a batch in the ground right away, go out and buy some plants. There's no shame in buying plants. In fact, I advise a lot, of, and I do it myself, folks. As much as I start from seed, I start a lot of uh, from plants as well from the store. So, again, your, uh, your heavy pl- hitter plants for your uh, winter garden, peas, fava beans, lettuce, corn salad, lamb's quarters, spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. All of those are extremely cold tolerant with the right varieties. Do a little research. Odds are if your local shops, your local nurseries have any plants in stock right now, especially new ones that have, it's not the old crap they held through the summer that's all growth stunted now, but, but 
those varieties, lettuces, lettuce plants and broccoli plants, they're probably well adapted for your fall and winter, and they're probably well adapted for your area, uh, especially if it's a local nursery instead of a Home Depot or Lowe's. But I've, I've had good luck buying lettuce uh, plants, and um, I don't usually buy those, but occasionally I might pick some up just because they're there and they're on sale. Uh, but definitely I've had good luck with the luck with the broccoli plants that I've picked up at Lowe's. Excellent luck with them. In fact, I'll tell you the story now. Last year, and some of you have heard this story already, seen pictures, we had an ice storm. We had an ice storm that ranged from the Texas Panhandle to Pennsylvania. Uh, it, this was a storm that caused major problems in Kentucky and Tennessee and northern Arkansas. And we had one guy on the forum, Kentucky Farmer, uh, that went through two and a half weeks with no power and being isolated because of that storm. Well, we had nowhere near the, that kind of problem here. But my broccoli plants were completely immersed in ice from that storm. I didn't cover them. I wanted to see could they take it. And I have pictures of them with about a quarter inch thick of ice coating on them. Some of the leaves turned a little color. Some of the leaves died. But the plants survived. And they then produced in some of the best broccoli, the most sweet and tender broccoli heads I've ever had because they didn't have heads on them yet. Uh, I thought all of them had heads on them yet. And the ones that did had small heads on them when this happened. And it worked out just fine. I wouldn't do that to them again. I would try to keep the ice off them in the future, but I wanted to see how much they could take. So that's what broccoli can take. So uh, definitely a winner in your winter garden. A winner in your winter garden. Say that five times fast. Um, Let's look at some other things, though. Another thing to think about doing this fall is if you enjoyed your garden this year and you thought, I just wish I had more space. I want another bed for next year. This is the best time in the world to build your garden beds, your new expansion beds. And, And I'll tell you why. There's a variety of reasons that that, in fact, is the case. I check my directions because I'm going somewhere different today. Um, Number one, unlike the spring, the ground's not soggy right now. It's relatively dry. It might be a little bit damp. That's good for digging. That's good for working. That's good for leveling out. But it's not all gummy and sticky and gooey. Um, It's not really hot anymore. And if you want to wait another month before you do it, it'll be even cooler. But it's not winter yet. It's not freezing cold. The ground is not hard and frozen. You're not going to go outside and and have a red face and red hands and want the warmth of the home in uh, 20 minutes after you start working because we haven't got to that part of the year yet. Uh, For you hunters, most, most places, don't write me and tell me for your season opened in my state or whatever, but for most of the United States, September is great as a hunter because it doesn't take up a lot of your time so you can put some last minute stuff in your garden before you get heavy into hunting uh, you're probably hunting doves right now if anything so that's a morning you go out in the morning shoot a limit if you're a good shot and, and come back so you have plenty of time to do it your grass is growing slower so there's less lawn maintenance to do right you're not really trimming your trees yet you're not raking leaves yet Right, So all of the stuff, this is like a lull period. This is a harvest period. So you're harvesting your garden, so you're out there anyway. So all of that adds up to good working conditions, both climate and soil. 
uh, low activity level for some of your other things. Kids are back in school. If you can play hooky a day from work, guys, this is a great time to go out and build a garden bed while the kids are at school and you have all the time to yourself. You can do things the way you want. Lay strings out if you want to do that and all. So it's a great time for that. Uh, because the grass is growing slowly, it's a good time to kill grass. So even if you're not going to dig your grass, and remember, folks, I'm a big fan of no dig, right? Lay some cardboard down, throw your soil mixture on top of it, kill the grass. But anything that you kill and anything that you put into your mix is going to have, you know, that's not a bed to plant this fall, right? Use your other beds for planting. You can do it if you want to, but if you have other beds, your production's going to be down, your planting space you're going to need is going to be down anyway. I suggest you don't plant anything in that bed until springtime, right? That's a bed you're going to rest. But once you have that bed all prepared, don't fill it completely up. When the leaves fall, go out and rake yourself a big-ass pile of leaves. Get your lawnmower. Run those leaves over three or four times. Rake, you'll get a very small pile from a very big pile. Don't put them in the compost bin. Don't go through all that hassle. Don't go take them out to have them taken away by the garbage man and waste a good, valuable uh, soil amendment. Take that big pile of leaves that are all ground up from your lawnmower now. Go throw them on the top of that bed and dig them in. And do that two or three times. Put two or three loads. Um, in a 4 by 8 bed, I will put about, in, in three increments, uh, I'll do about eight... Uh, five-gallon buckets full of, of chopped-up leaves because they're going to get a lot smaller. Is they, Now, here's what you're doing. You're putting that in there to rot, to decay. You're also putting in there as worm food. Right? You're, you're really boosting the organic matter content of that soil. And as that stuff breaks down, it releases things, and it's in the soil. So you get some gas off. You get some heat. It's not the best thing in the world to be putting plants in while it's breaking down. You get some acid. Uh, but if you give it till spring, that process is running. When you go out there in spring and turn the soil just a little bit, you're looking at beautiful soil for your planting. So that's why I think now is the time to really think about going ahead and uh, putting those new beds in for next year. Get it done now. Get it done early. Let the wind, let the, you know, the late fall sun, the winter cold, and the early spring sun work its magic for you. So you're planting in a beautiful, fertile soil with your expansion beds next year. Uh, the other thing that I think you should be thinking about right now is something we've already talked about a little bit, choosing the time of death for some of your plants. It may be time, if those cucumbers look like they're just not producing anymore, to get them the hell out of there and go ahead and get your peas growing. Right? If you're doing square foot gardening, though, let's say you're, you're up in the air about this. You don't really know. Is it time? You know, do you want to give your cucumbers two weeks, or do you want to go ahead and plant your peas? Now, normally, if you're planting a bunch of peas, starting them in you know, little containers is, is just pointless because you know they start so well in the soil, and uh, you're going to plant so many of them that it just doesn't seem to make a heck of a lot of sense to have that many started seeds for something like a pea that's so easy to grow anyway. But right now it might still be a little hot. Peas might have a little bit of trouble germinating, too warm. We're still going to have days in the high 90s in the next couple weeks here in in, uh, North Texas. So 
Square foot gardening, eight piece to a square. Let's say that I'm clearing out uh, two squares, 16 plants. 16 pea plants is not a big deal to start in your little seed uh, containers. Hopefully you saved all the pots that you picked up when you bought plants and started plants. You didn't throw them away. So now they're all just sitting there. Fill them up with a little bit of topsoil. Throw your 16 peas in there. In about two and a half, three weeks, you'll have nicely started pea plants, probably close to six to eight inches high. Go ahead and kill your cucumber plants then. You'll have gotten the last little bit of production out of them and go ahead and put your pea plants in the ground. They're at a great start. And now if you're in the south and it was a little bit warm, you're in a much better climate for them. You get the best of both sides of the equation. So there's a lot of flexibility now. I can't tell everybody in every region what you need to do. I'm just giving you some ideas so you can ferret them out. But now is the time to start thinking about killing stuff. To look at stuff and go, you know what, I've got all I need out of that plant and uh, I'm not going to get that much more out of it, and it's time for that guy to go. And uh, remember, don't throw that stuff away. Unless it was diseased in some way, chop it up into the compost bin or chop it up, pull back a layer of your mulch, lay it right on your bed and cover it back up with mulch. Put it right back into the soil. Not everything needs to go to the compost bin. Um, So the next thing I want to talk about, though, is it's also time for you to break out the containers. That's right. Break out the containers. If you didn't do any container gardening this year, now might be a time to get out your containers and start growing some things that you're going to want to have the ability to uh, pull inside if it gets too cold. And there's a couple different ideas I have for you with containers this year. One is if you're going to be greenhouse gardening, go ahead and plant the things that need some protection in the container now. Keep them out in the open, and as it gets cold, move them into the greenhouse with a, with an understanding that, you know, if you get a cold snap for a week, they can go in there, and they can also come back out, and they don't have to necessarily be in the greenhouse at all times. So your temperate plants, think about that now. Also think about some of the containers you're not going to move. Containers are great for growing things like lamb's quarters and lettuce and all these different greens. And it's kind of cool to have them in containers, not just all in your garden bed. Especially if you're expanding and you don't have as much room as you would like, containers will give you an expansion. But here's the experiment that I'm going to try this year. And I encourage you to try it with me. Um, I have always thought of peppers, until about two years ago, as an annual plant, meaning a plant that you have to plant every year. And I was listening to an episode of The Dirt Doctor with a a local guy from the area, but he's pretty famous nationwide. He's syndicated on a lot of AM stations, named Howard Howard Garrett, also known as The Dirt Doctor. And somebody wrote him in and said that he was told that peppers were actually a perennial. All right? And that if you took them in during the winter and and kept them from freezing, that you could bring them back out in, in the summer and that they would produce right on through and they could live for many seasons. And I went, bull. That's bull. You know, come on, peppers are an annual. And you know what Howard's answer was? Yeah, they are a perennial. And uh, if you keep them potted and you bring them in, uh, they absolutely can survive the winter and they will start producing again in the spring. He also went on to say it's probably just easier to start new plants every year. And I've thought about how many times I've nursed little weak pepper seedlings and tried to get them going and eventually got them going good by the end of the season. And in the fall, they're huge and they're they're productive. and And I'm going, no, it wouldn't be easier. It might make a hell of a lot of sense to take some of the pepper plants in this 
this year. So here's my suggestion that you try. Nice size uh, container, good soil mixture, pick two or three or maybe even half a dozen pepper plants in your garden. The ones that are producing peppers really well, the plants are really healthy, they look really good, there's no blemishes on the leaves, they're doing really, really good, and they're producing a type of pepper you'd like to continue eating. Dig them up, careful as you can not to damage their roots too much, put them into a container, and protect them when the frost comes. Even if that's, like if you're in the south, that might only mean you just bring them in the house. Two or three pots, not a big deal to bring into the house when you have your freezes. Most of our freezes here in Texas, folks, are overnight. Even when it's freezing at night, we get three or four hours in the day with sunlight out where it's above freezing. So when you get that time period, bring them back out. Put them in your greenhouse. Do whatever you have to, but try to shelter a couple plants through the winter this year if there's any way you can pull it off. If you have a sun porch, uh, anything like that, just consider trying that this year. I'm going to do it. I'll let you know how it works. I'd love to hear from you guys as well. If you're worried that you know digging up the plant will kill it, it might. It might kill it. What do you have to lose? That's that's my big question. It's going to die anyway. My other suggestion, or, or, or like kind of temperance on this, is, hey, look, you, I didn't know this till recently, but you can cut uh, a main stem on a pepper plant, put some rooting compound on it, and get it to send out roots and create a sister plant with a cutting which may also be something if you have a nice greenhouse, good warm area. You might want to take cuttings of a lot of your uh, your pepper plants and tomato plants right about, no, not now, but right before the first frost, and get those cuttings started indoors and move them into your greenhouse and use those as plants next year. But if you can get a cutting, all right, to, to root, you should be able to get the whole plant up out of the ground and get it to survive. And it might look sick for a week or two, but if you take good care of it, you should be able to nurse it on through and get it going again. So consider giving that a shot this year. Again, I'm going to try it too. And um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. That's going to do up today's show for us. It's only 35 minutes long. I guess that's what happens when we shorten the intro segments up. Uh, But it's been a good show for me. I've enjoyed it. I'm excited. I'll tell you what, it feels really good to wake up and have it be in the high 60s, low 70s right now. I'm looking forward to fall. I'm excited about fall. I'm not seeing fall as the end of my gardening. I'm seeing it as the best gardening that I'm going to do all year. I'm excited about the fact that we're going to be eating fresh broccoli and maybe uh, some fava bean hummus and uh, some, uh, some snap peas braised with a little bit of bacon fresh from the garden at our Thanksgiving table this year. I'm excited about that. That's going to happen for us because we're going to make it happen. And you can make it happen for your family too. We have some really great holidays coming up. I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. Growing up in the kind of home I did, I didn't always love Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, My family life was kind of rough, especially into my teenage years. But now being a father and having, you know, raised a son to the point where he's 20 years old and having my wife's family be part of it, I love Christmas and Thanksgiving. I don't like some of the bickering that goes on in any family, but I love it overall. I love getting everybody together. And I love having family members sit down and eat something that I directly produced instead of procured it at a store with money that I traded my time for that I would rather be spending with my family out in the garden in the first place. 
that's what this stuff really means to me. That's why I put so much energy and passion in it when I talk about it with you. Because gardening, folks, is not just a pastime. It's not just a hobby. It's not just a way to eat more nutritious or healthy or any of that crap. It's a way to create independence for yourself. And independence is important. And yeah, maybe it's really hard this day and age to create 100% food independence with a garden and small livestock. Maybe it's not even possible unless we're put into a situation where we have to do it. But how precious to you is every second that you get to live the way that you want? How precious is that? If you can take back 10%, 10% of your freedom, is it worth it to you? When you're an old man ready to lay down or an old woman ready to lay down and die at the end, I'm going to tell you what, you're not going to regret. You're not going to regret for one second that you didn't work more or work harder or make more money. The only thing you might regret is, I wish I would have spent more time doing the things that really matter to me and being with the people that really matter to me. And I know it seems like a big leap, but that's what it's all about for me, folks. When I help give myself more independence, I give myself less regret when that day comes. Whether it's that day or it's a day that we have to do without something because of the economy or a disaster or what have you, and the the, the level of preparation that it's given me, right, safeguards me there. That's what it's about for me there. When I'm an old man, it'll be about I was able to do more of the things that I loved and spend my life the way I chose rather than the way somebody else told me to. And when I when I get an email from you guys and you say, you know what, we did it and it worked. And our family had meals this year, just like you said. There were things that we did that we provided and we spent time together. And I learned what you mean when you say you find something in yourself when you put your hands into the earth. That's what it means for me, for you. That you've given yourself freedom and independence and you've reminded yourself of the things that are really important. The things that we have been lied to about. The things that we have forgotten That's what gardening is really all about. It doesn't matter if it's in the spring, the summer, the fall, or a winter. It doesn't matter if it's on a little small farm, a little raised bed, or a garden plot. It doesn't matter where it is. All that matters is that you are a participant in the production system rather than simply a consumer taking things for granted, creating a hole in your life because that piece is missing that you then try to fill up with incremental crap that will never get the job done. That's what it's all about. And if you start doing it, you'll start to understand. And if you're already doing it, you're already understanding. So take it up a level. And remind yourself once in a while when you're sweating trying to get something done and it seems like work. It is work, but what it's really about and how big the dividend really is. And not just with gardening and your preps and your saving and your investing and your paying off debt. And all these things are all linked to your independence, your freedom, and your ability to choose how you and your family live independent of the systems that they tell us we're dependent upon, but we can choose not to. And that's a great way to start living a better life. 
if times get tough. You can or scream even if they don't. And you can holler. It really doesn't matter. Cause it all gets spent.